Welcome to episode 6 of Inspect. My name is Ajay Kawal and in this week's episode I caught up with Jordan Dwyer, a digital marketing manager from Wokingham. Jordan has spent the past few months setting up an e-commerce website using WordPress and WooCommerce and we talk about his experience of doing this as a non-programmer. We also talk about the state of modern digital marketing and some of the techniques used for successful marketing campaigns. So without further ado, here is episode 6 of Inspect with Jordan Dwyer. My name is Jordan and I am in digital marketing, uh, but that's not how I started out. started out as a cameraman uh, working for a video production company, making videos for clients. Uh, that was in the beginning of the days when Google started to really come onto the scene and make a big impression. So naturally, I had clients asking me, what do we do with these videos? What's the next step to do with this? Which is how I began my journey into digital marketing, search engine optimization, you know, so we can advertise these videos on people's websites and get some traffic and get some real results for them. Um, So I live in a world now of ROI and PPC, SEO, SEM, whole bunch of other acronyms, which sound really cool. Um, And one of my main focuses is um, on educating and making sure that I stay focused on goal-based digital marketing. Okay, sounds sounds good. Um, so when when you were a cameraman, I take it that was while you were in South Africa. Well, you're from South Africa originally, so that's what you were doing while you were there. Yeah, uh, back in South Africa in sunny Durban, um, went to tech, got my diploma in digital video, uh, and started out speci- specifically as a, as a cameraman, um, and then started making my own things. You know. You know, next thing is um, you start producing, you start directing, you start doing your own editing, you start doing your own animations. So you make the whole package for the client. And then you start asking the clients, you know, what is it that you're actually really wanting to get out of this video? What is it that you're trying to achieve with with having a video? Um, because maybe we can actually help you achieve your goals of getting the right target market and finding out what people are really looking for when they're looking for your services and then we can feature that in the video, and then we can even take that further. We can make a make a web page for you, uh, make a landing page, put the video on that landing page, um, and then take it from there. Oh yeah. So is that basically what goal based marketing is? Yeah, that's in a nutshell. Goal based marketing is instead of just a client coming to us and saying, um, "Look, can you increase the amount of visitors, for example, that come to our website?" Uh, which is very common. Uh, somebody would say, I just need to increase the amount of people who are visiting my pages. And then they would say, you know, I need to decrease the amount, the bounce rate that I'm getting, for example, of the people who arrive on your website and then leave without going to another page or within a very short amount of time. And then you think, yeah, that that sounds right. It makes sense. You know, let's decrease the bounce rate and let's increase the amount of, of web visitors who wouldn't want that. Um, but at the end of the day, you have to think, well, look, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And you go back to the basics. You say, I want to achieve, um, I, I want to make money from a company. And I want to do that by attracting a certain type of clientele, a certain type of target market. And the way I do that is by advertising to them or marketing to them with a very specific message and a very specific goal in mind in terms of what I want them to do. And I want them to come to my website, but then I want them to take another action. I want them to contact me 
or I want them to buy something or I want them to uh, go to another page and read more blog articles about what it is that I do and, and learn more about me. Um, so it's not just about attracting an, a gigantic amount of people and getting as many people to your site as possible. It's about actually getting people to come to your site, take an action, and do something that's really worthwhile to you as a brand, as a company, as a business. Um, what is it that you really want these people to do that's going to, at the end of the day, turn them into a client, turn them into a customer? And then let's focus on that and let's let's use that as the goal. Let's say the goal is to, instead of attracting a whole bunch of people, let's say the goal is to attract people to your site and get them to uh, fill out a contact form. Um, so yeah, that's goal-based goal marketing as opposed to just um, ob object-based marketing where you would just want to attract a whole bunch of people, uh, which you know, it, it's, it, can, it can be endless if you go down that route. Mm -hmm. So is is uh, this object-based marketing, is that kind of the old way? Is that uh, something that's not really done as much now? Or uh, is it, are there two schools of thought and you're either on one side of the fence or the other? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a really good question. So the way I see it is, um, you know, Google, Google's is, it's been around for a while now. Digital marketing has been around for a while now, but traditional marketing that's been around for, for so long. And it's still the the mainstay of of marketing. There's still a lot of people out there who still believe in traditional marketing and haven't taken that next step to to bring their stuff uh, into a digital world. And when you when you look at the two different types, it's it's so different now. Uh, the way Google works, the way Facebook works, it's all about engagement and it's about being able to target your right market the exact market that you want to target with the exact message that you need to give them that they're going to respond to um, the old days of the shotgun approach where you would basically blast out as much of a marketing message to as many people as you can on the newspaper on the advertise on, on on an advert on tv on the radio where you would hit everybody their uncle their sister uh, the entire the entire area will get your message regardless of if they're actually interested in your message or not. Um, those traditional marketing days are, are, are in, in a digital world now are, are numbered. So um, it's all about actually being able to fine tune that market now and make sure you target a very specific person with a very specific message and get them to take an action that's relevant to you and your business. And that's what digital is about. Google charges you now the amount of people that you measure, that you that you reach. Facebook charges you by the amount of people that you reach. So you have to make sure you're reaching the exact right person and make sure that they actually are taking the right action that you want them to do. Mm, yeah, I suppose the beauty of the tools that we use like Facebook and, and Google is that these companies are capturing a, 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 an overall picture of each person that uses a service, uh, which obviously people like yourselves, uh, people in marketing can then use those demographics to really target individuals. Um, so I can't really imagine this sort of granularity happening, uh, you know, five, ten, uh, ten years ago. So I suppose you're quite fortunate in that way that these companies are capturing all this data, even though, you know, a lot of people may be a bit weary about how much Google knows about them or how much Facebook knows about them. And some people do shy away from from these sorts of services. Um, just in last week's um, episode of the ep uh, the podcast, I was talking about um, 
a new social network called Mastodon, which is um, a sort of decentralized um, rival to Twitter, where you know, no no single company owns all of your data. But you know, on the flip side, is that all right? Twitter do own all of your data by using their service. So if you do want to target those people, you can you can then pay Twitter for that information and buy ads and and target very specific people. So it's yeah, it's two sides of the coin, I suppose, isn't it? There's there's the benefits to people in marketing, but then there's the, the sort of um, apprehension from the people using the service who might not want all that data being shared with people in marketing. So how do you combat something yeah. like that? Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, it's like I think the traditional marketing, if I have to be fair, has given marketing in itself a really bad rap. Um, you know, with the old days where we just basically blasted out to everybody. Now, uh, now we've got digital, right? And uh, we've got all these uh, amazing techniques and strategies that we can employ. Um, Facebook knows so much about you. They know exactly your interests. They know exactly your behaviors. They know ex the, the device that you use. Um, so we can really use that stuff now to make sure that somebody is actually getting the message that they want to receive rather than just receiving a blasted out message that is actually irrelevant to them. So when it comes down to it at the end of the day, when you, when you I think when people say, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily want my privacy shared, I don't want um, everybody to, I don't, I don't want Facebook to know so much about me um, and I don't want to see adverts all the time in my, in my newsfeed and maybe they'll even have an ad blocker on their newsfeed to stop adverts popping up on their newsfeed all the time. Um, and and Facebook is is permanently at war with um, advert blocking people all the time. Trying to there's 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 a there's a back and forth going on with the technology coming out. Um, but at the end of the day, I think uh, digital marketers can actually be useful to people because if if we have the right product for them, the right service or something like that, that's actually going to make a benefit to them and it's going to help them and it's going to make a, a difference in their life. Um, and we advertise specifically to that person with a very specific message uh, telling them about this product, this service, or, or whatever it is, um, then that person will be more receptive to that, and they'll be more open to the idea of receiving more similar adverts like that and, 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 and having their information shared if it means that they can actually get more relevant content to them. Because the one thing that irritates everyone, and I suppose irritates me and maybe, maybe you as well, is seeing an advert or seeing something on on social media that has nothing to do with you or something that you totally don't want to to get or would never have thought about um, buying and still will never th think about buying it after seeing the ad. Yeah, it's true. Um, in in terms of ad blockers, does does that affect the cost of actually doing the advertising? Um, like I know a lot of advertising is based on impressions. So if there's an ad blocker, does that still count as an impression or is that impression? lost because the ad has been blocked um yeah so the ad gets served and facebook gets notified that the ad was served um so in most cases you get charged per impression um and then people have these ad blockers that come up on their browsers so i you know i'm not too sure about if facebook can detect that and they would actually reimburse you the money for that advert because they knew that somebody used employed a, an ad blocker um, but on the other end, um, I think basically, 
you you have to you have to appreciate the fact that um, you're you're saying to Facebook, pay I'll, I will pay you for a certain amount of impressions. Um, it's probably Facebook is probably not too phased about how many of those impressions were blocked. I I have never seen any metric or anything like that measuring back to me telling me that um, an advert was blocked. Um, and they've reimbursed me the cash for that advert and for that spending or for reaching a certain amount of people. Um, you know, maybe there's some clever technology out there that lets Facebook know, but I'm not, I'm not 100% sure that is like that. I'm, 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 I think, I think you're, you're still going to get charged for that. Possibly. How, how do you feel about ad blockers anyway, as, as someone who's in, in digital marketing, knowing that a lot of these adverts which you're paying for are going to be blocked? Because ad blockers are pretty much common practice these days. Everyone seems to have them. We went to that event at Breaking Borders a, a couple of months ago where they were talking, uh, the, the speaker, I can't remember the chap's name now, but um, I'll, yeah, I'll dig yeah. it out and put it in the show notes, where he was uh, talking about the state of ad blockers and, and how you're now getting blockers for blockers, um, you know, in the sense that sites like uh, like the New York Times or Wall Street Journal and things like that are are now blocking content if you're using an, an ad blocker. Um, they're blocking the actual content themselves. And then there's blockers to unblock the blockers and it just goes a bit crazy. Um, how how does how what are your thoughts on ad blockers and how do you feel about them as a person in marketing? Yeah, it's something um, I have to be aware of and I have to keep it in the back of my mind. And to be honest, I've moved away a lot from display advertising um, due to the fact that I know ad blocking is meaning that we're probably going to be blocked out with a lot of our ads that we're using on the display network, for example. Um, so I'm talking about banners, things that that appear on people's websites or things that appear um, on like like if if you've if you if you arrive on a banner, you you got you got your side banners, you got your top banners. Um, all of those things are are easily enough blocked from 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 a from an ad blocking program. Um, then it starts getting more more complicated. Now um, you've got ad blockers actually going into your news feed on Facebook and you, be, you could actually block it. So, so your central column on Facebook where you actually see your, your status updates from all your friends and, and family and all the different things that you follow, you know, there's some ad blockers that can actually get involved inside that now and start blocking uh, some of that um, ads that pop up over there as well as the ads on the right-hand side of Facebook, which is your actual um, adverts column. Uh, so yeah, it's it's a consideration. I, I do have to bear it in mind all the time. Um, I don't necessarily my, my my first call is never to go to a display campaign due to that reason for one of them. Um, but there's other ways around it as well. Um, you know, there's there's still search, uh, there's still keywords, um, which you know even Google's moved that stuff over to the middle of the page now. Um, so not everybody is blocking that as well. And we're still seeing good numbers. We're still seeing good traffic from those. So it's not like ad blocking has come along and just taken all the wind out of our sails. Um, it's something to consider. Definitely display is a problem, but um, there's other ways around it. Mm, yeah, I guess it's a, it's such a big business, isn't it, of advertising. There's always going to be people battling. There's, uh, you know, the, the ad blockers are going to be, uh, they they have pro pro subscriptions, so they're making money by blocking the ads, and the ads are trying to make money by displaying them. Um, yeah, so it was a, it was a really good debate at that event that we went to as well. Uh, it I was, was, eh? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if that event was recorded, but um, I'll see if I'll see if it was, and um, try and post up some content from it because uh, it was really interesting. Yeah, I like Breaking Borders. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, Just one one other thing about that um, is, uh, you know, that's how Google makes their money, really. So it's, I mean, there's a lot of clever people at Google who are dealing with this issue on a daily basis. Um, so, and it's how they, they, they make their money. It's adverts on, on, on your search. So, uh, there's, there's a lot of brain power going on, um, to, to work out ways around that. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people will uh, shy away from Google if they just start charging for the service and not displaying ads, then who would actually yeah. use it? You know? Can you, can you imagine that? <sighs> imagine they charge us for, to use Google and <laughs> use it for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, a lot of people think that Google is the internet. Um, yeah, like my daughter, she's only six. She's nearly six years old, and uh, to her, Google is the internet. <laughs> just, just, just Google it. Just go on Google, and that's the way that she would find information. That's all she knows. Scary. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. So, um, so what are you actually working on these days? Um, yeah. So, recently, um, I or well, actually. First of all, I need to say thank you for having me on your podcast. This is uh, my first podcast as a guest, uh, which is really exciting. So I'm interested to see how your podcast goes on into the future and how well it does. But yeah, thanks thanks for the shout out and for letting me come on. This is really exciting. No, brilliant. Thanks for being on. You know, obviously it's early days for the podcast as well. Um, you know, I'm still experimenting with the format. Uh, I had a couple of episodes uh, towards the beginning where I had a co-host and then um, schedules changed. So I tried a few sort of solo episodes and now I'm focusing on trying to get some guests on who've got some interesting stories. And, um, you know, from our previous conversations offline, then, you know, I thought it would be quite a good, interesting story about your background and uh, what you're working on. So, yeah, it's early days and, yeah, pleasure to have you on. <laughs> That's great. All right. So back to my question. Okay. <laughs> so back to your question. Yeah. So over the last few months, uh, I think it's like over five months now, uh, my wife and I have been working almost uh, around the clock, I suppose, to get a WooCommerce website up and running. Um, we've put a lot of time into it uh, and it's been a really interesting journey. I suppose working with uh, my wife um, and myself together, um, it's, that's that's been a learning curve just on its own. Um, but it's been it's been really exciting, and we put a lot of work into it. You know, we've developed products, um, we've played around with the technology and got really familiar with it. Played it around with a lot of new plugins, um, so it's been it's been quite exci exciting. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you're you're not a you're not a web developer of any sort, are you? So. Um, was that a fairly easy um, task to get a, a WordPress site running um, as a non-developer? Yeah, that's always been a challenge, I suppose. I, I don't have a programming background. Like I, like I said, I mean, I, my background is in video is how I started out. Um, but with the way the, the, the web is now, and I mean, you can Google anything you want. Um, but specifically for, for, for Google, I mean, I've, Sorry. Um, specifically for for WordPress and WooCommerce, um, you know, there's such a it's such a widely used platform. There's so many people using WordPress, which it's like over 15 million people with 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 Word, WordPress websites, and then WooCommerce being the the first choice for WordPress if you're wanting to sell online. Um, you know, that's the most popular e-commerce version for, for WordPress, uh, which means that if there's any problem that you've ever had 
uh, that you come across. If something stops working on your site, there's a really good chance that somebody else has had that exact same problem before and has written a blog or has written a question and has had a good answer. And you can just track down that now and and uh, figure it out and go in there and 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 fix it yourself. Uh, but with that said, you know, I've I've been using WordPress uh, for for quite some some word some some years now, so I'm pretty familiar with um, the the plugins that I like to use and and the ins and outs of backing it up and uploading it and servers and databases and and things like that, which um, I suppose in the beginning were quite difficult. But um, yeah, yeah. So in terms in terms of WooCommerce itself, uh, did you? You, you said that there was there was answers to pretty much any problem that you ever had. Did you run into any major problems while you were setting it up? Um, yeah, there's, I suppose, um, I can give you a, a recent example. Um, I'm doing some speed optimization now for the WooCommerce uh, installation. Um, basically, we're, we're, we're basically just trying to get um, our, our speed for the, for the site to load um, to be a lot quicker because a lot of our target market is actually using mobile phones. So um, what I'm what I'm doing is I'm using a plugin called um, Total Total Cash, which um, is you know a very widely used plugin for Word WordPress. I've installed that and I'm I'm going through the 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 pros and cons of using it and everything like that. And um, you know just just yesterday I came up with a problem you know trying to minify my my CSS or, or trying to um, uh, get the, the 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 script that's blocking in the header to be moved out of the header so that it doesn't actually have to load when the whole site loads before the site loads you know so, so that it's so the site actually slows down and then then you get a really low low score in, in Google um, in, in Google speed testing yeah um, so what I what I what I would do is then I would just go online and I would, and I would just generally find out. You know, I would either type in the exact issue that I'm having, where um, you know if there's an error code that pops up or something like that, I would type in that exact phrase onto Google, uh, because I know I know somebody else has had this exact issue before. I'm using like a really popular plugin. I'm using a really popular platform, um, and then it's just basically sorting out through all the 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 answers that come there and trying to backtrack your steps and and work out a better way of doing something uh, if you do come across an issue i suppose yeah but uh it's it's interesting it's i, I don't i don't have the developing background which sometimes is is, fr- is frustrating i just wish i could call out someone like you or or someone who who knows wordpress and php and just and just send them my login and just get them to fix it and then <laughs> Come back in an hour's time and it's ready and it's going, but it's it's that's never the case. Yeah, maybe not an hour, but to be honest, you know what? That that is exactly what programming is: is knowing what to search for when. <laughs> when yeah, it's, yeah, it is. Ninety percent of what you do in a, as a programmer is trying to find solve the problem, and you know a big part of that is actually knowing where to find the answer. And of course, that's going to be Google. And the most sensible thing is is if you've got an error message to Google what that error message is, and then try <laughs> yeah. and figure out yeah. what that error is. But you know, no one, no one gets it right the first time. Uh, yeah. Everyone's making the same mistakes, which is why you're you're able to actually find the answer in the first place because someone else is in that exact same boat as you. Uh, but that's the beauty of you know sites like Stack Overflow and and like Google Groups and uh, basically anyone who's um, you know helpful on the internet. They people are sharing their solutions to these problems they're having, and 
making it easier for the rest of the rest of the community overall, which is which is obviously a good thing. Yeah, I sometimes wonder if I should actually like. Sometimes I would go on an and on a venture, and I would have a problem, and I would search hundreds of different okay, not hundreds, but lots of different pages of of of, of websites trying to find this answer, and eventually someone would have commented and had the right answer for me, which you know is a little piece of the puzzle that you put together, and then you can go back and you can fix it, and you just sit there at the end of the day and you think wow, this information is not easily available. And at that point, I should probably actually just sit down and write a little bit of a blog article just to give back to the community. Um, but it's 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 really great that so many other people have done that for us already because it's, it's keeping the websites going all around the world, having this data easily available. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's yeah, really absolutely. Cool. That's, you know, that's something similar to what I do as well. Is m- quite recently, I've been writing writing more um, articles on my own website and uh, the last couple have all sort of been tutorials of how I've set up uh, certain things or how I've overcome certain problems and um, yeah they, they seem to be getting a lot of traction and it's just clear that you know other people are interested in those those types of articles those sort of tutorials and you know people have got similar similar issues um, so yeah now that you now that you're an expert in WordPress you should set up a little blog for yourself and talk about your journey into becoming a WordPress developer and all the bugs that you're you're fixing. Yeah, who knows? Maybe there's something in there. Maybe maybe somebody want, will need that information at some point. The trick is to work out why I'm doing that and what is my goal. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially if you found an answer which is a couple of years old, if you then go and repeat that answer, even if it's word for word, almost. Yeah. Um, yep. If your result is more more up to date, it's chances that your you know your result will appear a little bit higher because it's a bit more current, right? Yeah. Uh, I think actually, you know, I should probably do this. It's just when I when I when I come across these these issues that I have, I should probably just write them down on a list, and just keep that on the side. And then one day, you know, just get a whole bunch of 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 blog articles out there, uh, just to to catch up with all these different issues that I've that I've overcome and found answers for. Um, and then just keep 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 a fresh uh, blog um, post up every now and again, just with all these different gems i suppose yeah. of um that that actually don't exist out there or maybe are scattered around all over the place and you just basically you're just consolidating it all and putting it into one article yeah. for someone yeah or in 10 years time when you're rich and famous and you're writing a book about your life you can talk about all the all the struggles you've overcome oh uh, yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah all right good stuff um so while you were while you were learning um to to set up a wordpress um, and woocommerce site uh, did you did you take any courses or anything? What what, what was your source of um, source of learning to to do these things other than just sort of googling when you had issues? Were were there any tutorials that you followed? Yeah, um, I think at some point I can't remember when exactly, but I did I did get uh, a little frustrated in the fact that I didn't really have a good grasp on what PHP was, and of, obviously. PHP being the the main language of WordPress is what everything's written in. Um, so I did do a little bit of a, I suppose, crash course on on PHP. It was an online course. Um, I could probably find the notes and give that to you for um, to put in your your podcast notes. Um, and then basically just worked through the YouTube videos and and copied them on what they were doing so that I can get it. I think at the end of the day, what I did was I built uh, my own version of a PHP page that has um, a login 
for example, which um, just gave me the basis of understanding how people are using PHP, how they are coding the basics and how it actually works in terms of um, all this code that you see on, on these different pages, on, on your header page and um, on your, 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 your actual blog po post pages. How, how does that actually work and, and how does it call information in and everything like that? And that was really useful just to understand all of that and just to, to know how, what a variable is, for example, and how that is written into PHP. Um, and how it fetches other variables and calls other pages. Um, so that's how it started out. And I suppose once I did that, um, then I could I, I was able to call on that information and use that as the basis, which helped me when I was doing searching for problems that I had with the site uh, on, on, a, on a site. Like if I came across all of a sudden and as someone giving me an answer about how to fix something and they just basically posted all their code, um, before I would have probably just glanced over that and gone to look for another another article where it tells me exactly what it is that I need to do. Whereas now I can look at that and I can be like, oh, okay, I see what they're doing. They're using a hook, for example, um, and then they're hooking into that element, which is really really straightforward. And why don't I just do that? Um, and you know, so it do, it does help. And you do need to at some point, uh, if you're serious about uh, WordPress, even WooCommerce you do need to at some point start paying attention to like, for example, PHP and just maybe do a little bit of a crash course. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's really good advice. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really handy to know exactly what the code is doing rather than just copying and pasting. Um, you know, even if you copy and paste the, the solution from somewhere, it may solve your problem, but unless you actually know why, uh, you're, you're going to be stuck further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good that you've done that. Um, yeah. Um, I think like, you know, WordPress is, is it, it's built um, so that you don't have to do that. You don't have to go into the code, ideally. In an ideal world, you would never have to look at the code of your WordPress site. You could just uh, purchase a template, load your template up onto your WordPress installation, uh, and work on the, the copy. For example, you know, your About Us page, change the heading, change the, the text that's written inside there. That's in an ideal world. Uh, but at the end of the day, the first thing that happens is that you go into that and you'd be like, you know what? I really don't like the way the search engine optimization is handled on this page. I don't. I want to maybe add some extra code into the H1 tags, uh, which is more of the 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 the, the schema format that I that I'm looking at now. You know, schema being um, the new. The, the format that, that we're using to, to start tagging certain things on a page to make it easier for search engines to understand. And if you if you start going down that route, um, and if you start getting serious about, about WordPress and SEO, for example, you're going to need to get into the code. You're going to need to understand what, what's going on in there at some level, even if it's just a basic level. You're going to have to start looking at that. Yeah, and also you don't want to just rely on these third-party plugins because then you're at the mercy of other developers, and if you know if their yeah. their plugin stops working, then you and you're relying on that functionality, then uh, it would be handy to be able to know how how something was achieved so that you can maybe replicate it in the future. Um, yeah, that's a good but point. Yeah, yeah, not not everyone has covered every base either. So if you're trying to do something specific, then uh, yeah, you are going to need to either write your own plugins or just just delve into the code and write your own functions and uh, PHP functions to to handle what you're trying to do. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 So did you start with a, a template or did you start with a sort of blank slate? So um, with the 
with the WordPress, um, you know, you just go onto WordPress, you you um, you download the latest WordPress files. Um, it's it's really straightforward. If you have a good hosting company, um, chances are they probably have an automatic WordPress setup. So that type of stuff is is really straightforward. You just go onto WordPress.org, get you get the latest WordPress installation, put it onto there. Um, you will need to set up a uh, like a SQL database, for example, um, which WordPress uses for your copy and all your data and information and all the settings that you do and stuff like that. So it's just those two things. It's the WordPress files and your SQL database that need to talk to each other. But now you you you're thinking, well, I want I want like a template. Now I want I want my I want my site to not be just the standard generic site out there. So you there's these companies like monster templates for example who offer like a wide variety of of templates that you can choose from and now they've also got wordpress they've got um, woocommerce for example so I, I was able to to look through their list find a type of template that matches the type of product and services that that we were looking at selling um, and then just simply buy that template and the installation is really simple the instructions are really simple it's basically upload that stuff to your with an ftp to your server and um make a few a few adjustments which are which are really clearly um illustrated in the notes and then you up you up and away uh it's not it's not it's not rocket science um you can be you can be up and away within like a few within a few minutes or so i suppose of of making your purchases um, if you want to, if you want to go down that route of buying a template, hmm. and what what about things like uh, handling the payment side of things? Was that fairly straightforward with WooCommerce as well? I guess it's all well documented and it's all built in from the from the beginning. So, how was that? Uh, how was that process? And how did you ta- ta- you know did you run into any issues with in terms of payment processing or um, taking payments and handling orders? So that's that's a good question. And yes, that um, that is an issue. So, <laughs> the more the more experience you have, uh, I suppose, the easier and the quicker that would go. But um, I know, I know, it's I, in an, it, ideally you would think that it would be simple enough to set up, for example, PayPal to um, so like somebody goes to your site, they click on your product, they add it to their basket, um, they then decide to check out. Um, and PayPal takes over at that point, and it sends people off to PayPal, um, and then they come back to your site after they've completed the PayPal transaction, um, and then your site has a bit of a uh, a, a summary of, of the of the order that they've completed for them to to be able to just to see that everything's worked. Um, but that's that sounds all great, but it doesn't. It's not as easy as that. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of little tricks that happen along the way. Uh, PayPal um, and WordPress and WooCommerce they do work really well together, um, but you are going to have to roll your sleeves up a little bit um, and and get to work to to figure out what's going on and just do a lot of testing. I think PayPal has um, a sandbox account so that you don't have to spend real money to do your testing, which is quite useful. Um, you know, so you basically, you set up this WooCommerce, uh, you've got your template, everything like that. You've got your products loaded and then you use a sandbox. Um, so basically it's not a real PayPal account. It's just doing these fake transactions and then you're just testing to make sure that it's working, to make sure that your site's talking to PayPal, PayPal's talking back because PayPal has to basically not only respond, it has to tell your website 
that the order has been accepted and it's been received um, and that everything's okay and that everything's working, um, which, which, is, which is great when it is working. But when it's not working, you're going to have to hit the notes. You have to go into Google and do some research and report on what your problems are, what your issues are. Just, you know, like we were saying earlier, copy paste that stuff into Google to find out um, what, what other people have. But there's a really good chance somebody else has had that exact problem and you can fix it straight away. Um, back to the community you go and yeah, the community the community's got your back. They've they've done it all before. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, did you try out any other services other than uh, WordPress and WooCommerce? Is there a particular reason why you chose that setup and not something um, like another blogging platform or another um, CMS or a different payment gateway instead of WooCommerce? You could have used maybe like Stripe or just PayPal directly, just integrated directly. Um, yeah. That's those are those are good things. I'm probably going to um, integrate other payment platforms as I go. Um, PayPal is my first call because I've used it before. It's widely accepted. There's a lot of information out there. It's it's easy to if you have a problem to troubleshoot it. Um, so I, I will I will definitely look at other payment uh, platforms as well in the future. But just to get the shop up, to get it going, to start things ticking over, and to make sure that it's all working. You know, my first call was was PayPal, um, which is a easier integration, I suppose, um, and it's pretty it's pretty straightforward. Um, I've done it before, uh, but with that said, um, that wasn't necessarily my biggest uh, concern with with the payment side of things. For me, um, the biggest uh, headache I've had in the past with these e-commerce uh, sites is getting them to talk to your accounting program. Now that that's where it really where it really comes into its own is, is finding the right program that um, you know after these transactions are made on PayPal that PayPal talks to your website and your website talks to your accounting program to create the invoice to notify your accounting program that the invoice has been paid and that somebody's actually you know completed the transaction to make sure that the the correct invoice number is named all the correct variables are added onto your invoice, your name, your date, um, the address of the person, the person's name. And then what happens if they change their mind and they want to cancel that order? Then you want to refund them. Make sure that your accounting program talks to that. So at the end of the day, if you've got a website that keeps ticking over and it's talking to your accounting program, then that's really great. Um, but if it's not, then you're going to have a whole heap of accounting work to do at the end of the day as well. Um, to you know, every time you get a sale, you have to go make an invoice in your accounting program to replicate it and everything. So, so that was one of the the main things that that I was making sure I got right from the beginning. So I got um, uh, WooCommerce has a special plugin, uh, which uh, the program that I use to to do my accounting is uh, Xero. So um, we make sure that WooCommerce can talk straight to Xero um, so we can, with, with a plugin, I did have to purchase that plugin separately um, and it's quite sophisticated in terms of the security that it uses and everything like that um, in terms of the APIs and all that. So it was quite a, it, it's not, it's not a straightforward installation, if I could say. Um, it's gonna you you're gonna it's gonna take you a little bit of time to get it right. But when it is right, wow, it you 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 will be smiling. No, oh, that's brilliant. No, yeah. it's good. Uh, I've used it. I've used zero in the past as well. And um, 
yeah, they've got a lot of integrations with a lot of platforms and you know, they've got some really uh, slick mobile apps and uh, yeah. obviously their their website is great as well. Uh, it's a really They're good service. They're quite savvy, yeah. Like yeah, it. yeah. Like okay, no, that's I like brilliant. how they can, I like how they talk to my, like there's a, there's a, they, they, if, if I got my accountant to um, in, involved as well, you know, if I had an issue with my accountant, and I, when I was when I was importing all of my my transactions, for example, um, you know, you, you just simply make a notification on there, and then it notifies your accountant, and you can make a, make a question like, you know, how how do I how do I do uh, I don't know I'm not an accountant how do how do I do capitalization of assets or something like that you know or whatever it is, and and you, your accountant can be able to reply to that and, and look at that exact problem, uh, which which I thought was quite quite cool. Interesting. No, that's really good. All right. Well, we've talked a lot about your actual website, but we haven't actually said what your website is. You haven't actually plugged it. So do you want to just talk about uh, what your URL is and what the actual products are? And um, yeah, what, what what is your your business that you are running now? Well, thank you. Yeah. So it's partyhop.co.uk. Don't ask me why we called it partyhop. Um, I've got digital hop. Uh, which uh, which I've which I've kept for quite a while, which is just kind of my um, information about news about marketing, which I update every now and again. Um, and now we've got Party Hop. So if there's any uh, pattern there uh, that you can spot, um, but other than that, it's basically my my wife is um, you know she studied fashion, so she she likes to make dresses, and she's really good at and at making beautiful dresses for children and for weddings and things like that. So this is a great opportunity to get her to be able to showcase her stuff to the world and for her to be able to have a, a viable product. Um, you know, she's got stock, she's she's got ideas, she's got a, a range and she can keep track of it on the website and um, she can market that on her spare time now as well to wherever she wants to market that and take that to any direction that she wants it to go to which is quite exciting because we were at the early days now. So we don't even know where it's going to go or what's going to happen or or who's going to be interested in something, for example, or even if we've got the right range. Um, so, um, yeah, it's 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 quite exciting. So that's partyhop.co.uk. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, I'll, I'll add that link to the show notes, of course. And um, what about if someone wants to find out a little bit more about you? Um, are, are you active on Twitter, Facebook? your own website do you want to shout yeah, out any well, of those um, yeah well i've got my my website going it's digitalhop.co.uk um and i've got a bit of a challenge for your your listeners out there if they are listening um digitalhop.co.uk now it's a wordpress installation as you, as you can guess um and one of the main things that i can pride myself on is the fact that on my blog pages for for this wordpress installation I've done quite a lot of work into my my schema setup. So in terms of search engine optimization, if you know search engine optimization and you know schema, um, I've done quite a lot of optimization inside uh, my pages. So for example, when I make a new blog post, I don't have to basically import any schema into that blog post. Um, it does it all for me now automatically and that's all built into the system. And it it works. Um, you know, you can do a test on 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 Google for that to see how well that works. So I'm interested to see if there's anybody 
out there who thinks that um, they might have a, a better way of doing schema for a WordPress uh, blog post. Um, but I, I'm quite proud of that, and I'd, I'd be interested to see if you do have a have a better way. Uh, I'd probably steal it if you did, but um, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ho- hopefully, someone will give you an answer, and uh, you can make it even better. Yeah, maybe. Okay, brilliant, brilliant. No, it's been really good chatting with you, Ashley. Um, it's been quite insightful to see how a a non-developer, should I say? Uh, who's well? It's not a not a primary role as a developer. Has um, yeah, their their sort of journey to setting up a WordPress site and even an, an e-commerce site at that as well, which is obviously yeah. <laughs> a bit of a challenge even for you know seasoned programmers. So yeah, it's been really good. That's thank you. I, this is this is great. I love I love talking about this stuff. You don't realize how much um, you, you know you've you've gone on on a journey until you, until somebody else is is asking you about it, which is which is nice and. And I think you've got a good show. Yeah, I think you've got the right idea. I think there's a target market for this. And I think there's a lot of people out there who would be interested in knowing about this. You know a lot of a lot of information. You have a lot of insight into the industry. And and I think there's a niche for this. So there's there's a lot of people out there who who want to keep their finger on the on the button and know what's happening and where to focus on. And I think you'll be a good ambassador for that. So I'm I, I think you I think your show would do well. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean it's just early days, so um I'm gonna continue to obviously promote it and um hopefully the word will get out as a more as i get more and more guests on obviously they, they can promote to their network as well and push the word out um and yeah hopefully that uh the listeners will start increasing and um you know yeah we'll see where it goes that's it that's how it starts but yeah i'd, I'd, I'd love to have you back on again in you know, maybe in a few months time and we can have a catch-up about where your project's going or if you're starting anything new and okay yeah just uh just generally how things are going yeah, let's do that. Uh, hope, hopefully, by then I, I would have, uh, I would, I will have more of a story to tell you about the site. <laughs> yeah, you can tell me all about your sales and how that's all going, and yeah, uh, yeah, all my millions of sales. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, we can talk a little bit more about the journey of uh, building a site with your wife, which I'm sure you've got a few comments on. But most definitely, we'll probably need another hour for that. So <laughs> we'll save yeah, that for next yeah, time. That's true. Yes. All right, brilliant. Thanks for that. Anyway, um, so yeah, so if you want to find out more about Jordan and his venture, that's partyhop.co.uk and uh, his own personal website is digitalhop.co.uk. And what about um, on, are you on Twitter? Do you use Twitter and Facebook much? I do and I will give you my my handle. Um, I'll put it into the notes. <laughs> okay, you don't want to say it out loud. <laughs> is it one of those stupid ones? No, it's just um, I, I, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not heavy a Twitter uh, user. Okay, that's fair enough. All right. Well, we'll put it in the notes if you want to. And uh, yeah, so if you want to follow Jordan and his journey, then check out the show notes and his Twitter account. It might just be in there. It might not. We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, it's a surprise. <laughs> yeah. But if you have a message for Jordan, you can always contact me through Twitter on Ajay Kowal, and I can pass it on. <laughs> yeah, because uh, yeah, just fax me or something. <laughs> fax you. <laughs> fax it to me because I don't have email just google his name I'm sure you'll find him <laughs> well no no you won't you have to google John Smith oh yeah yeah, yeah but yeah we were talking about that before we started recording so no one knows what the hell that's about yeah exactly that's my goal and I think that's a good, that's a good place to cut the show <laughs> <laughs>